This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking riding in the butt one word at a time. And we do have chit-chat today, but the chit-chat is going to relate specifically to last week's show, and since this is sort of a follow-up to last week's show, it's kind of like we're not having any chit-chat at all, and we're getting right into the topic, which is... Solving problem scenes this week. Last week it was more of fixing a fixing a broken uh, story, but now we're going to get into the nitty gritty a little bit. But Taylor, at the conclusion of last week's episode, you kind of summarized the light bulb moment in your head. Could you quickly summarize that again to bring people up to speed? You're assuming that I remember what I said. <laughs> I, I realized when I said that that you might not be able to. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to assume it was when I was talking about how everything revolves around plot, character, and conflict. You can't have scenes in that, and I had scenes that don't aren't driven in that direction. And I had a whole story that had just full of scenes that was fascinating information and detail and what have you, but just they it missed the mark by not threading or crocheting itself back into the plot line as it went. Yes. And that's a great way of actually putting it the way, the way I remember you saying that in, in last week's episode was you tied it into the ending and that's, we'll get into why I remember it that way, but you tied it into now that you know the ending, you can take this information that you didn't know in the beginning because you were, you were kind of building the story as you went and feather it into the story, and then using the whole idea that this, the scenes need to be focused on plot, character, and conflict to really tighten the story. Does that You sound could about be right? doing these podcasts all by yourself. You don't even need me anymore. You totally nailed it. All right. And I'm not being so, sarcastic. Welcome like, to the Stephen Campbell perfect. Show, episode one. <laughs> with my good friend, with my good friend, Taylor Stevens. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, <clears throat> prior to recording last week's episode, Taylor and I were talking about a, a process that I'm going through now where I'm writing early in the morning and then going for a walk. And in the past, when I would write in the morning, I would just start working right after that. I didn't really have time to process what I was working on, but now I'm going for a walk that is it's kind of a shockingly long walk. It's somewhere between an hour and 15 minutes and an hour and a half. So I'm writing for about an hour and a half, and then I'm walking. And for most of that time, not intentionally, but for most of that time, I'm thinking about the story. And there are lots of Which things... Which I think is just brilliant. I just think it's brilliant because we've talked before about how the mind needs that space to breathe. It needs that space to not do anything other than just think about the story. And so to to do this, we're you basically are giving your mind a problem, whatever it was you were working on when you're writing and you get up and you just let it think. All it has to do is keep your feet moving, your heart pumping, your lungs breathing. And the rest of that space is available to just chew on this problem with no 
stress or obligation as just genius. I would love to take credit for any, any part of that genius, but basically I'm just going for a walk. And as I'm out there, you know, I might be thinking about something that I've got to do later in the day, but because I just spent an hour and a half or two hours writing, my, my brain goes back to that and starts working on what am I going, what's next, what's tomorrow, or what can I do better today, or what's the thing that I skipped today because I didn't have the time to figure it out. And this morning, what, what got me talking about this with Taylor earlier, this morning, there was sort of a, an epiphany that that came to me, and, and we talk about so much during during this podcast, but all of a sudden there were all these things that just kind of fell into place like magic almost. It's, you know, things that scenes needing a perfect, scenes needing a purpose and logic ladders. That was specifically when I got up this morning to write, I was really excited because I was going to spend the whole writing time rebuilding a logic ladder that made sense. And if if you remember the show about logic ladders uh, a couple of months ago, Taylor gave several very specific examples. I was going to use one of those examples as a map for building my shortish logic ladder because this is pretty early on in the story and there are only like three things that need to be logic laddered together. And then as as I was out there thinking about, or as I was starting to write the logic ladder, I, I realized I had to go back and take a look at something else, which led me back somewhere else, which led me to a completely fruitless period of writing this morning. I had absolutely nothing done. But then when I was out walking, all of this stuff started falling in place where, oh, I could change this. And it all went to what we talked about last week. But when Taylor talked about the ending and focusing on the ending. And now that you know the ending for the past couple of days in my mind, I'd been thinking about ways to tighten up the ending. And then all of a sudden it flowed back into the first scene and the second scene and the third scene and the logic ladder and taking these bits, taking these scenes out of the story that didn't need to be there. And it all just kind of magically worked. And now today we're going to be talking about fixing broken scenes. So it all Flows in perfectly for me, Taylor. So I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, hopefully I haven't like, you know, sold this as too much than what it is. But here's the, the thing. So I I had this whole thing happen with that story. And then I'm still working on the on the fulcrum. And I hit a scene where I'm just really tending to overthink it. It's it. I need to get my character from here to there. Some things need to happen. But because I think in concepts of, as a whole, I'm there's all these what ifs. There's all these but what, but what about this other thing? And part of the challenge of crafting scenes and telling a story is cutting off all of the, well, why didn't she do this instead? Or she could, why, why, why did she think that? that was the right solution when she could have done this other thing. It's just a head, all of those off. But when you're working with a story that is very complex and the possibilities of the way it could go spin out in 50 different directions, my brain follows all of those and then thinks, oh, it's got to somehow cover them all. And so it's often a process of slicing them off going, that doesn't really matter. That doesn't matter. Don't address that. That's just going to open up this whole other can of worms. It takes it in a different direction. And it's finding my way through this path of 
how the brain, how my thoughts work, which obviously all my characters' thoughts work the same way, uh, to, to narrow it down and find out what actually belongs in that scene. And so I was like, okay, I know that right now, this moment, this particular part of the scene that I'm working on, it's plot driven because we need to move the plot from here to there. But it's also important that the character aspects are in there. And I think it's the character aspects that I'm choking on because her brain, because my brain, is going 50 million different directions. So how do I reel this in? How do I actually focus this and stop overthinking it and just get what needs to be gotten on the page? I'm only doing a rough slash first draft right now of this part of the story. Let's get on with it. It doesn't need to take me a week to do a page. I can just move on. It doesn't have to be perfect. But the issue is, I don't know what belongs on the page. So how do I solve this, right? And so I started, I opened up a different document, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to try and get into the headspace. What is it that I'm trying to do with the scene? But, of course, I can't just do that. I've got to build out the whole freaking thing. And then I'm like, well, if this is going to benefit me, it's going to benefit everybody else. And so I end up with an eight-page worksheet of how to solve your scene problems. <laughs> You're using us as an excuse for your own neurosis. No, I'm I'm my own excuse. You guys need to benefit <laughs> from it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I built out this worksheet. And so ultimately, I'm going to have it, I'm going to build it out, PDF it, and it's going up on Patreon for the patrons as part of the hack, the whatever hack the craft pieces that I do post up there. Uh, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read it to you, warts and all. It's still in its rough draft stages. And there's ideas that still need to be built out. And it's written as a worksheet. Sketch out your thoughts, whatever. I'm just going to read it to you because I think that even just hearing some of this material and, and following the if this, then that process that I kind of formulated here might be helpful. It's helpful to me. Granted, I have it in front of me and I can fill it out on paper, but it might be helpful just hearing it. So that's what that's what I'm going to do today. And I don't know how long this is going to go, because even though it's eight pages, there's a lot of white space for sketching out ideas. So who knows? Anyway. All right. So this is um, solving problem scenes, right? The part one is understanding this scene as part of the whole. Now, I guess I should clarify that scenes don't mean chapters. They mean action starts, stuff happens, action ends or transitions into something else. So a chapter could have, you know, 10 different scenes in it. They are those brief bursts of something's happening, right? So that's what I'm talking about when I say scenes. So the first part is understanding the scene as a part of the whole. And these, this is the question is, where is your head at with this scene as it relates to the story as a whole? What are you trying to show? So sketch out those thoughts on why this story would be incomplete without the scene. Why do you need it? Why is it here? What are you trying to do with it, right? Now, for the scene to have a true purpose, it has to be driven by at least one key element, but ideally two or more. Which key element elements are driving the scene? It's a necessary part of the plot. It establishes or reveals character. It involves conflict central to the story. It involves conflict within or between characters. Not really sure. None of the above. If you're not sure which key elements are driving the scene, or if there aren't any driving the scene, then the scene needs to be deleted or fixed. If the scene cannot be deleted 
because the story would fail to make sense without the information within it, take some time to figure out what specifically ties this scene to the story as a whole and which specific details would leave the story incomplete if they were missing. Usually, these will point back to something that falls under a broader category like world building, character information, history backstory, location, description, scene detail, or research details that function as the plot's backbone. And those are all huge and necessary components of storytelling, but they are never enough in and of themselves to drive a scene. If this scene isn't driven by plot, character, or conflict, is it built around critical information that needs to be included for the story to make sense? Yes? Then your challenge is to integrate those details into a scene that is driven by key elements. This may mean rewriting or restructuring scenes or even the story to stitch those details to existing plot points or building concurrent plot points or even subplots to incorporate them. Or it may mean entwining them into existing scenes that establish a reveal character or making them part of the story character conflicts. So sketch out a few quick ideas on where or how you might go about doing that. And the point of sketching out these ideas is just so that you can take notes as you're thinking, and then you can do whatever you want with them later. But that's why I'm saying sketch out the ideas because you're right there, you're thinking about this, get your thoughts down on paper. And I think that's really important because if you come back to it later, it's just not going to work the same way. So if this scene, if the answer to that question is the, if the scene's driven by, if it's scenes built around critical information that needs to be included for the story to make sense, if the answer to that is no, if this scene isn't driven by a key element and is built around information that doesn't directly tie into the story, or if the story can survive and make sense without these details, then deleting the scene is likely the easiest and best fix for both the scene and the story. Now, if the scene isn't driven by any of the key elements and it is written around details that are necessary for the story to make sense, but you can't find any way to convert or integrate those critical details into the plot or entwine them with establishing and revealing character or as part of the conflict, it most likely means your scene and possibly your story as a whole isn't fully developed yet and it needs more work to be able to work. That's the crushing part of this. Because you should be able to find a way to integrate detail, any kind of detail, so that it matters to the plot. It's part of the plot, or it's part of the character building, or it's part of the, the, the conflict that exists. Even backstory, even world building, it's all got to tie in somehow. And last week, I was talking about this and saying that is the problem to that entire story. We had so many scenes, chapters that are absolutely interesting and fascinating on their own, but they're not driven by key elements and they were written around details that did need to be included in order for the story to make sense. So that's the solution right there. And that's where this came from is understanding, oh my God, how could I have been so dense? This is how you fix that. Okay. The next point, part two of solving scene problems is clarifying and heightening your scene's purpose. So every scene must serve a purpose. 
And that purpose can only be served if the scene is driven by at least one and ideally two or more key elements. Now we're going to break down those key elements and, and show how they integrate individually into the scene. The first is plot. There is a difference between a plot-driven scene and a scene that exists because the plot demands it. The first might be able to carry the scene without support from either of the other elements, but the second can't. If the scene is plot-driven, then these coming clarity-seeking questions will help you figure out how to deepen or strengthen it. If the, if the scene is plot-demanded, then these questions will help you figure out how to salvage it. With both plot-driven and plot-demanded scenes, the challenge is to craft them so that they read as if they're being driven by character. And the only way to do this is for the character's actions and responses to feel organic, authentic, and self-actualized. And the only way for that to happen is for the author to have a deep understanding of the characters in our lives and what's driving their actions and decisions at this exact time and place. So first, we need to know the plot aspects. What specific details, events, or happenings does the plot require of this scene? Sketch out a quick choreograph of how you see those taking place. Does the plot require the characters, now after we've sketched that out and we understand it, right? Does the plot require the character to respond to these events in a way that is outside their skill set or in a way that is unusual for their personality? If not, then we can skip these next ones. If yes, well, the only way to use this plot point or include this scene is by adjusting the details within the plot, the narrative, or the character decisions so that the character's skill set and personality becomes aligned to what the plot is requiring them to do. So sketch out some ideas for how you could adjust what you've got to bring the plot and a character into alignment. If you cannot find a way to align the plot and character so that the character's actions and decisions feel organic and natural to what the plot is requiring them to do, you cannot use this plot point as it currently exists. The story cannot work without this. If the story cannot work without this plot point, your only options are to change the story or change the character. How does this plot point interact your character's life, emotions, or thoughts? For example, will what's happening now get them closer to what they want? Will it threaten to cost them what they're afraid to lose? How will this event collide with their hopes, their fears, their envies, their desires for revenge, schemes, anger, traumas, history, etc.? Does this event bring out the best in them, the worst? Does it make them hate, love, fear, hope, laugh, cry, despair, triumph? What of the things they're actually capable of doing does it make them want to do next? And what of the things they can only fantasize about doing does it make them want to do next? Sketch out your character's thoughts and emotional responses to the plot points happening in this scene. Now, sketch out the ways your character's thoughts and feelings directly connect to or lead to whatever action the character is required to take next. If there are multiple plot points or multiple characters, repeat this process for each until you have a full understanding of how your character thinks and feels about everything that the plot has foisted upon him or her. What existing theme lines can you draw on and what callbacks can you make to previous scenes or previous stories that might deepen the emotional component of the scene's narrative? Sketch out a quick idea of how those might come into play in this scene.
The next key element is character. Usually, character-driven scenes devote more page time to inner dialogue and conversations and spoken dialogue than they do to physical movement. This makes character-driven scenes the easiest to fix and also the easiest to strengthen by adding a second or even third key element. If this scene is driven by inner dog, inner dialogue, sorry, my dog is making noise. <laughs> if this scene is driven by classic. inner dialogue, <laughs> inner dialogue plus narrative, do the character's thoughts, introspections have a purpose in and of themselves? For example, do they provide insight into the plot or inform about the character in ways that show us how they, this character got to be who and where they are today or allow us to see or believe that we see who they really are or relate to the story's central conflict or ongoing character conflict? Do the character's thoughts, introspection, avoid straying into self-indulgence and navel-gazing and avoid coming across as someone who likes hearing themselves talk? Are the characters' thoughts and introspection choices judicious in the stories they tell about themselves and the world around them? Do they show self-awareness or lack thereof, if that's the point? Do the characters' memories and inner dialogue tangents connect back to the present in some way? Do they avoid rambling for the sake of including interesting detail? You should be able to answer yes to each of these questions. If you're getting no or maybe on any of them, you'll want to give your material a second look with an eye on rewrites to bring the scene to all yeses. Sketch out a few quick plot-centric ideas on how you might keep your characters in motion and the story moving forward during inner dialogue-heavy paragraphs or pages. For this purpose, eating, bathing, shopping, going somewhere just to go there without any direct connection to the plot and any other mundane busy work doesn't count as character in motion. For it to count, the motion has to directly connect to something that matters to the story's plot, subplot, or complex. If this scene is driven by dialogue or conversation, if two or more people are together on the page, there has to be at least one reason that matters to the story, and that reason must be clear. Conversation can, of course, serve multiple purposes, and a visible purpose can be used to mask a secondary purpose for a later aha reveal. But conversations can never exist just because. Dialogue put on the page must matter to both the scene itself and to the story as a whole. Does the dialogue conversation provide insight into the plot, tell us something new about the characters, allow us insight into personalities or plans, or relate or tie it into the story or character conflict in some way? Does the dialogue conversation skip verbal punctuation, such as hello, goodbye, how are you, fine, thanks? Is the dialogue conversation interesting, engaging, or does it connect with emotion? Does the dialogue slash conversation provide information related to the plot, the characters, or the story or uh, character conflict? The answers to these should all be yes. And it's the same as before. If you've got no's or maybes, you're going to want to go back and rewrite till you can hit yes on all of those. Sketch out a few quick conflict-centric ideas on how to heighten the mystery, the tension within the dialogue. If you can think of ways to do this while also setting the characters in plot-centric motion, you get a hat trick. The third point is conflict, the key element, conflict. Generally, the only way for conflict to fully carry a scene on its own without involving the plot or establishing or revealing character by default is if the conflict is pure action, for example, a fight sequence. 
Anything beyond pure action automatically requires some level of plot or character to work. So when it comes to conflict-driven scenes, the clarity-seeking questions generally aren't about how to involve or integrate plot or character, but rather how to utilize the plot and character that already exists to raise the stakes and heighten conflict. What are ways you might heighten the story conflict in this scene by taking us closer to the character's thoughts and emotions? What are ways you might heighten the story conflict within the scene by increasing focus on the contradictions, inner turmoil, moral dilemmas within one or more of the characters? What are ways you might heighten the story conflict in this scene by drawing on competition or clashes between two characters' wants, desires, and needs? What are ways you might heighten the story conflict in this scene by withholding, increasing, or changing information you're relaying as it pertains to the plot? What are ways you might heighten the character conflicts in this scene by highlighting competing desires, plans, narratives between the characters? What are ways you might heighten character conflict in this scene using the character's own strengths, weaknesses, inner turmoil, inner conflicts, blind spots, and moral dilemmas? If you can't think of any way to utilize these questions to strengthen the conflict in the scene, it's likely the conflict is already ramped up as much as the scene can reasonably handle. In that case, the strengthening would come from focusing attention and narrative more directly on character or plot. The next phase of fixing a scene problem is understanding your scene's pacing as part of the whole. Does your plot, do your plot, characters, and conflicts in this scene provide enough story momentum and or movement for the scene to deserve page time? How do you tell? Are your characters in plot-related motion? Are the narrative details interesting enough in themselves to keep the eye moving down the page? Does the scene carry its own conflict? Does the scene seek and or provide answers or resolution depending unknowns? Does the scene raise new questions that will need future resolution? If you cannot answer yes to at least two of these questions, it's likely that the material in this scene is too lightweight and is taking up too much page space for the amount of story and as such is interrupting the pacing or creating an uneven pace. Is the story coming up short and you're looking for ways to add words? Sketch out some quick ideas here on how you could further develop the scene to deepen the plot, provide more character, create more conflict, or otherwise make the story more interesting. Is the story running long and you're looking for places to cut? Sketch out some quick ideas here on how you might be able to relay the same information as a shorter flashback or as a summary of events in which the details are told versus shown within a more active or conflict-rich scene. Is the story about right on length, but this scene feels like it's lagging? Step back and look at the scene as a whole with an eye for cutting anything that doesn't add to plot, character, or conflict. Be brutal. You can always save the cut material and reinsert it if the scene doesn't read right without it. Use that freed up space to focus on deepening the part of the scenes that the scene that relates to plot, character, and conflict. And that is the end of the worksheet as it currently exists. That is amazing. Um, as, as you kept, as you were working your way through that, I just, it was going a little bit too fast for me. And I found myself 
And for, for those of you listening, you can actually do this. You can hit the back button on your, on your player. And I wanted to keep hitting the back button on Taylor. Like, could you say that again? I want to hear that again. And then I realized I'll, I have that power myself once it's actually out there as a podcast. So I can, I can listen to it as slowly or as many times as I want to. But boy, there's a lot of great information in there. You also get the benefit of you can download the PDF when it's on Patreon as part of the Hack the Craft material. So anybody who is a listener who's also a patron should also have that opportunity. I I cannot wait to use this. I'm I am really excited about this particular tool. So yeah. I'm excited about it too. Like I did this for me. Well, that's how it started anyway. But I can't help myself but over explain everything. Um, and so that's that's how it started. Is I wanted to be able to walk my work my way through my own thought process to clarify how to fix this problem that I'm dealing with right now in this scene of where I'm overthinking the scene and what belongs and what doesn't. And it's been helpful so far. So that's how we got this. So yeah, I'm excited about it too. Okay, so the uh, for people who are not on Patreon, how can they how can they find you on Patreon? Uh, you go to patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. And if you're not already there, I think the first page it pulls up is, you know, do you want to be a patron and support? And, you know, even $3 a month, some people might be embarrassed to do that because they think it doesn't matter, but it does matter because that's the whole point of this collective patronage is that when you have a hundred people doing $3, a month that pays the bills, you know, so it, or it helps, it adds definitely to paying the bills. And so if you think, oh, that's embarrassing, don't be embarrassed. Just realize Taylor is incredibly grateful and she's happy and thrilled. And so that's how easy it is. Patreon makes it really easy to get on and really easy to get off. They send you a bunch of unwanted information. The only thing you get is emails from your creators. And you can cancel at any time. They do not make you call a number or <laughs> jump through a bunch of hoops to be able to do it. It's a click of a button and it's done. So, uh, yeah, to ease your mind a little bit. And, yeah, so, I mean, it, this Hack the Craft idea has been a long time in coming and longer still because my brain is just working at the pace of a snail. But... Little by little, we're getting there. So, yay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much. This was a fantastic episode. I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did. So thank you all for listening. We will be back with you again next Tuesday. Thanks for being here, guys. See you next week.